Welcome to the Recover Me podcast with Warren Willey, doctor of osteopathic medicine, a best-selling author, and leading expert on holistic, healthy living. Warren is your guide to living a naturally healthier, happier life. So much of Western medicine, popular diets, and fitness fads put a bandage over health problems, addressing symptoms and not causes, offering short-term results at the expense of long-term health. That's why Warren is a man on a mission, to question the status quo and uncover holistic health solutions you can use in your life, starting right now. Now to get us started today, here's Warren. Welcome to another episode of the Recover Me podcast. Today I thought I'd share with you the, actually one of the first presentations I started doing, oh maybe in 2010, 2011 to athletes, um, primarily high school athletes, been doing it all over my small community in Southeast Idaho, uh, to help people understand the importance of recovery. We're so, so in tune to overtraining, to over doing stuff. But really, I don't think, I don't think in today's world, we can really say that anymore. You can't ask a professional athlete to not exercise all the time or to work on their sport or an executive to lay off work for a little while to rest and relax. So I want to change the term in the recover me philosophy from overtraining or overdoing it to under recovery. And I call it the under recovery syndrome. And that's where all of the recovery me philosophy came from. And just as a quick review, the recover me philosophy is I can't necessarily change your circumstances, but I can help you and help your body and help your mind and help your emotions and help your spirit deal with them better. And so the recover me episode today is going to cover exercise for our athletes. How do athletes recover and what can we do to optimize recovery in our athletes? So jumping right in, I think there's a couple ways that most people try to recover. We understand the importance of sleep. We understand the importance of diet. Um, there's some dietary supplements to help with that. Uh, there's a lot of different things out there, including anabolic androgenic steroids. That's a huge way a lot of people recover. And really that's the success. And that is why anabolic androgenic steroids work is they enhance recovery. So that's a very important thing to understand as one of the things I'm going to cover in this little presentation is better than steroids. That's the name of one of my books for those who aren't familiar, because we'll cover and talk real briefly about the pre and post-workout meal as we're going along here. So just a couple definitions real quick, I think are important. We have to understand that Recover Me includes the big picture, so over time, but it also includes acute injury. So if you twist your ankle, if you think about it, it takes a hundredth of a second to twist your ankle and six to eight weeks to repair it. And so if you can speed up that process by the things I'm gonna suggest in this short uh, podcast, then you're recovering better. You get better quicker. Chronic over time wear and tear, under recovery or overtraining use, that's chronic illness, chronic injury. And those tend to be constantly reoccurring. Even when you think you're better, it pops back up again. It's argued in the world of workman's comp that no one gets new back injuries. They had one back injury and then they keep exacerbating it over time. 
So that's more of a chronic injury. They tend also to develop slowly, that you don't have the quick one hundredth of a second twist of an ankle, but over time your knees are hurting, your legs are hurting, your brain's hurting, you're tired. That's just overuse, if you will. Or again, in our new terminology, it's under recovery. So the problem with the definitions at hand is they really limit, they give too much credit to the actual injury and not credit to what was done before the injury. Okay, we all, we all know about preventative medicine. We all know that there's even programs out there, big surgical centers that do pre-surgical exercise programs because they have shown and studies show that people that do those programs heal quicker and get out of the hospital quicker and spend less of the healthcare dollar over time. So it's important to understand that really what you're doing the rest of the time, not just when you're playing your sport or practicing uh, the piano or sitting in a, a conference room with your coworkers, it's what are you doing the rest of the time to help your body recover? And that's what I wanna focus on. There's some things that influence our ability to recover. And I call them the metabolic activation pathways. Uh, that is not my term. I, I am using that from someone much brighter than me. But these metabolic activation pathways really are what direct our ability to recover. The first one and most obvious one, especially in my world, is your diet. If your diet's high in trans fats, it's high in salts, it's high in processed foods, chemicals, you're not going to recover as well. And so your diet has a huge role in your body's ability to recover. Drugs are another one, over-the-counter and prescription drugs. Did you know some of the primary reasons for healthcare-related deaths are related to our drugs? And a couple of the top ones, ones you'd never figure, antibiotics and anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen. Top of the list for deaths related to drugs. Well, these drugs also beat up your body's ability to recover. And using ibuprofen as our example, ibuprofen is very hard on your stomach, which ruins your gut lining, which changes the way all your hormones work and everything else because your gut's so important. We'll do some podcasts specifically on the gut here in the future. But it also beats up your kidneys. It's very hard on the kidneys. And what we call NSAID-induced nephropathy, in other words, ibuprofen killed my kidneys, is very common. We see it all the time. They're very hard on the kidneys. And your kidneys are needed to detox, to clear your body out. So it's so important to understand that drugs are a big part of our problems in recovery. Exercise. Now, we've always considered exercise as good. The more, the better, right? Classic alcoholic mentality. However, in Recover Me, we understand that exercise is a stress. And the more you do it, the more intensity you do it, the longer you do it without recovering, then you're doing nothing but beating your body up, causing more issues and problems. It's actually doing more damage than good. Very important. Environmental exposures are our next uh, uh, in our list of metabolic activation pathways. They include pesticides, chemicals, plastics, bisphosphonates, phthalates. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Those show up in our makeup, in our sunscreen, in our lotion. Uh, it's just we are toxically hammered in our society today. And your body's ability to clear those toxins without storing them in your fat 
is so important in your overall ability to recovery, whether you're an athlete or a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. It's the same underlying process going on. Genetics play a role. Genetics are part of the metabolic activation pathway. And an example is there's a genetic, it's been called the Alzheimer's genetic, it's APOE uh, genotype. Though the based on your allele type there, we know you're at greater risk for Alzheimer's disease, greater risk for uh, heart disease, or depending on the allele typing, greater risk for infectious disease. So genetics do have a role. But remember the term I used in the introduction pod course, uh, cast epigenetics. You still, your environment still has massive control over your overall genetic makeup. So remember your own power and influence on your genetics. Again, you can't change your height. You can't probably change your hair color. Well, I guess you could do that. Uh, not by hard thinking though. Uh, not without chemicals and dyes, right? But you can change the way your body responds to its environment. Stress is uh, probably one of the biggest ones in the uh, metabolic activation pathways. The effect of cortisol, cortisol just beats you up. And we're gonna spend a little time talking about cortisol here because it's so important to understand its effects on your body and all your hormones and your gut and your ability to handle oxidative stress. It just goes on and on. So cortisol and the stress reaction to our current living society is huge too. And then disease states. People with diabetes have a very different mechanism of recovery than those without. People with high blood pressure, heart disease, cancers, whatnot, we just slightly twist the recover me method to include those important factors in helping people recover on their own. It's a big thing. So as I jump into this, let me tell you about something we call allostatic load. Allostatic load is basically the wear and tear on the body and brain. And that's so important to understand because this load is really what limits your body's ability to recover. And it's a very vicious cycle once that occurs. It results from chronic overactivation or underactivation of those metabolic pathways. So what I mean by that is People that overexercise can get in just as much trouble as people who sit on the couch watching soap operas and eating bonbons. Now, we've had such a distinction in our society between the two. We picture the guy exercising six hours a day is so healthy and perfect. But the data shows he's just as much risk for disease and, and stress-related chronic conditions as the person who's sitting on the couch eating bonbons watching soap operas. So it's either chronic overactivation or underactivation of those metabolic pathways. It also occurs when normal compensatory mechanisms start to fail. And what I mean by that is if you're taking too much ibuprofen, your kidneys are taking a beating, you're drinking too much alcohol every weekend, your liver's taking a beating, if you if your body doesn't have the ability to clear the toxins and take yourself then and take care of itself, then no matter what you do, you're not going to recover. And that's huge. And we have to understand that the uh, allostatic load results when the HPA axis, which I've talked about before, and we'll get a lot into that, that's the effect of cortisol, is either overworked or it fails. It just gets wiped out. So we have to understand those terms to go farther in. So let's bring back cortisol. Cortisol has so many effects on the body. You need it to live. It's not, it shouldn't be targeted as a bad guy. But because of our high stress society, 
cell phones, wherever mine is, all the stressors in our life, it just starts beating us up. Cortisol increases insulin resistance, increases fat deposition, particularly around the belly, as I'm sure people are very aware. It changes your immune system. It causes muscle wasting. It causes problems with the other hormones in your body, the thyroid, your sex hormones, all those things. It causes brain problems such as memory loss. It can interrupt sexual function. Uh, mental and emotional uh, stability can be affected by it. It beats up your bones. And that's why when people are on long-term prednisone or another corticosteroid related to cortisol, we have to watch your bones because they get very brittle with it. It changes electrolytes in your system. So people with high cortisol levels tend to hold water. Uh, and I hear that a lot in my clinical practice, doc, I can't get rid of this edema around my ankles. And there's really no kidney or heart reason for it. It's probably related to cortisol mechanics with sodium and water. It changes your cholesterol. It changes the way you sleep. It just, it, the list goes on and on. I could go on and on about what the bad effects of cortisol is. So what we have to do together is understand the Recover Me philosophy to help us counteract that, all right, to change it. I said in the first uh, podcast, 85 plus percent of Current disease states have a cortisol or stress component. And that's so important to understand. That's why we see the super healthy ultra marathoners, uh, ultra athletes come up with some of the weirdest cancers uh, and early cardiac deaths and stuff that you just don't hear about as much. But from my world, I hear about it all the time. We see it. These wonderfully what the world would call in shape people dying of weird cancers or sudden cardiac death because the allostatic load was so great on their bodies for their chosen quote-unquote healthy event that it got it beat them up it killed them so it's important to understand that and understand all the effects of that allostatic load on our body in the acute injury process like the twisted ankle thing a uh, high allostatic load delays healing time. It causes more injuries. So if you're if you sprain your ankle, there's no real reason you should have continually sprained ankles, uh, unless the overall stress on your body was great all the time and you never really fully recovered. Like I use the analogy of a back injury in workman's comp. Do we really get new back injuries, or are we just repeatedly injuring the old one? So something to be aware of there too. The, in athletics and sports, some of the under recovery symptoms include fatigue, inability to heal, muscle aches and pains, burnout, uh, mental issues, emotional issues. In women, classic, we call it the women athletic triad. They get amenorrhea. They stop menstruating. They get bone loss, osteoporosis. And part of it's usually related to an eating disorder, trying to be so in tune with their sport, they don't eat as well. And one of our podcasts coming up is uh, we're talking to Ashley, uh, who's actually mentioned in my book, Obtainable. Uh, great interview with her coming up. And she can tell you coming from a very, very active uh, college athlete, what the overall allostatic load and stress does to your body. So the, what we want to approach on and what we want to work on is how do we recover? 
how can we learn to recover? So that's what the rest of this podcast is going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to gear it a little more towards the athletics. Like I said, we're going to do a number of podcasts in the Recover Me series on specific disease states from fibromyalgia to chronic fatigue to chronic headaches to PICOS to infertility to weight loss and obesity. That'll probably be a number of them. All these different medical topics we will cover and teach you the Recover Me method to improve yourself if you're afflicted or, uh, or know someone with those conditions. So let's learn how to recovery right now, again, as I shared at the beginning of this podcast, from more of an athletic standpoint. And let's start with diet. Now, with diet, I hate to say don'ts. I learned a long time ago that if I told my patients, all right, Mrs. Jones, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, there was always one finger left up. Always. Because they gave it right back to me saying, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. So I'm going to briefly cover the don'ts and then cover the do's. That's the most important part. In general, processed foods are the bad guys. Just try to avoid things from a box. Try to avoid things from the middle of the store the things that will survive with the cockroaches over the thousands of years after the nuclear wars, those are the things you generally want to avoid. Refined sugar, chemicals, processed foods, all those things, basically man-made. One of my favorite dietary uh, phrases is, if God made it, eat it. If man made it, don't. It's very important. You want to try to limit any drink with calories other than milk. So sugary drinks, energy drinks, pops, diet pops, they're just as guilty as full sugar pops. Do not let the marketing fool you. The only liquid with calories I may uh, be okay with in some people, depending on gut health and a few other things, is dairy. So try to avoid those liquid calories. Try not to wash any unwashed fruits or vegetables. I encourage everyone to wash their fruits and vegetables in lemon juice and lemon maybe uh, diluted a bit with water as that really will help bind a lot of the chemicals and clean it up. Peeling fruit, uh, scraping vegetables off with like a potato scraper sometimes is needed depending on where you get your vegetables because they're just jam packed with the chemicals that again, increase your allostatic load. I'm not a big fan of soy products. I generally tell people to avoid soy. Yes, it's a cheap source of protein, but it's very hormonally active and can change your overall allostatic load again. Minimize wheats and healthy whole grains. There is a change in our foods with GMOs. Our bodies don't recognize it over the the centuries of human life. GMOs are relatively new and even the gluten and the wheat and whatnot, people don't do as well with it anymore. And that's why it's very confusing in Western medicine when you actually look at true celiac disease or or gluten intolerance, how small the percentage is. But really, when you look at gluten insensitivity, it's much higher. It's a large part of the population. So it's probably a good idea to limit those, no matter how the marketing says how healthy they are. Uh, Anything deep fried, anytime you combine fat with carbs, you can get to an issue so it's best to avoid deep fried food obviously i like to joke if it was made by a high school sophomore uh, in a building with a drive-through you probably don't want to eat it even if it's the healthy salad version because uh, who knows who washed that salad so uh, again in the big picture that's better than possibly another choice on that menu item 
but in general, your own man-made or God-made food that you make at home is definitely your best. And then remember condiments, uh, ketchups, um, and other things, uh, a flavor barbecue sauce, whatnot, have a lot of sugar, a lot of chemicals in it. So be careful with the condiments unless it's a seasoning you can add to it. The diet do's are very important. They include First and foremost, make sure there's adequate protein in your diet. So a simple way to know if it's a protein, if it crawled, swam, flew, walked or ran at any one time, it was probably, it is a protein. Now, if you're a, a non-meat eater, then you just need to ensure that your protein sources are adequate and you have all the full array of amino acids. And that's why, for example, peas and carrots are in the frozen food section together because that makes a whole protein. Peas alone don't make a whole protein. Carrots alone don't make a whole protein. Put them together, they do. Rice and beans, same thing. Another staple of vegetarians is that helps make uh, a whole protein. So ensure adequate protein is very important. Protein sources, again, uh, freshwater fish, um, cold water fish, uh, organic fish if you can, wild uh, game is some of my favorite food, lamb, very hypoallergenic, a lot of options there, nuts and seeds of all sorts are excellent, uh, whole fruits, frozen fruits are actually okay if it's something's out of season, it's much cheaper to buy fruits frozen, I would not buy fruit in a can however because it's swimming in sugar, even if it says it's low sugar or low calorie, it's swimming in sugar. So frozen fruits, fresh fruits, always the best. Uh, if you can pick it yourself, even better. Uh, that's very hard for a lot of people. Beans, all the beans are good. Some people have issues uh, with beans, and I think those people know who they are, so we don't need to get into details there. And then non-gluten um, carbohydrates, greens, and starches like brown rice, millet, aramith, those things are great sources of foods. Oils, I like the oils, flaxseed oil, olive oil, coconut oil. Drinks, since I told you to quit drinking your um, energy drinks and your pops all the day, uh, I encourage you to go down to Bed Bath & Beyond or one of those stores, Walmart, that sells uh, something that infuses CO2 into your drinks. Make your own seltzer water and flavor it with a little bit of fruit real life fruit. It's a great option. It takes care of that carbonation craving and it'll get you drinking. So good idea on the drinks there. Sweeteners, stevia, uh, um, some of the natural sugars are excellent. Watch the sugar alcohol. Some people have issues with those, especially gut issues. Uh, and they still have calories in them of note. They're not calorie free like some people claim. Um, and then for your condiments, like I mentioned earlier, your seasonings, vinegars, mustard, uh, there's a whole uh, opportunity to make your own condiments very healthy wise with organic products uh, with recipes available on the internet. So check those out. Sleep, sleep is huge, very important. We're gonna do a couple podcasts on sleep. So I just mentioned it now as sleep is important to understand uh, in the recover me uh, for athletes because that is how we recover, partly how we recover. So sleep's very important. Some simple sleep ideas, try to go to bed and get up at the same time every day. Try to cut out electronics two or three hours before you go to bed. Our brains and bodies are very sensitive to the circadian rhythm, in other words, where the sun is. So we are designed to get up with the sun and go to bed with the sun. Now with electronics, especially, um, handheld electronic devices, we do not do that. So 
if you're having issues with sleeping or feeling tired all the time, simply getting rid of electronics two or three hours before bed may do wonders. Your brain won't think it's uh, the middle of the day when you try to uh, close your eyes and go to sleep. Sleep lowers your uh, uh, bad hormones, cortisol. It increases your growth-promoting hormones like testosterone and growth hormone. Just a ton of stuff sleep does. So we'll just briefly cover it here and get into more details later. There are a couple of supplements I think do wonders for athletes as well as people in general. And we'll have a couple podcasts on each one of these. So just briefly cover a couple of them. My first foremost favorite one is magnesium and the reason i like magnesium so much way back in the 90s i started testing people's magnesium and it's amazing no one has adequate magnesium even people taking magnesium supplements don't have enough part of that is because we were testing the wrong thing and i think this is let me back up a little i think part of the reason no every doctor out there hasn't realized the magnesium deficiency they're going on in our country is because we test serum magnesium. Well, magnesium is what we call an intracellular mineral. And so the only way to really see levels in the body is get something called an RBC or red blood cell magnesium. So you can see what the level is in the cell. Extracellularly, your body's gonna keep your levels pretty good. Intracellular, there is where you get the truth. Magnesium's involved in over 300 different activities in your body. It is absolutely essential for recovery, for, I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, for energy production, for brain function, for sexual function. Magnesium has been shown to be something that increases testosterone. I mean, the list goes on and on. So getting a magnesium supplement is so important because, again, I would guess that almost everyone listening to this podcast is mag deficient if you look at the right test, RBC magnesium. Our diets are low in it. We just don't get enough. And if you're an athlete out there, you require about 10 times more magnesium than non-athletes. So every time you exercise, you smoke through magnesium. Your body uses it. So being on a good magnesium supplement is so important. And exercise really depletes it. Some specific signs and symptoms of true mag depletion is muscle tightness. If you just feel tight all the time, you can't stretch. Uh, people that come to me with repetitive hamstring injuries, for example, are almost universally mag deficient. Yes, there may be some training issues or some quadricep to hamstring imbalance issues or they don't stretch their calves enough, realizing that the gastrocnemius or calf muscle crosses the knee joint too. But whatever reason, always with history of tight hamstrings or recurrent hamstring injuries, they're mag deficient. So check into that. Brain-wise, people with anxiety, sleep issues, whatnot, magnesium does wonders for those things. So proper supplementation is great. The dose of magnesium can be anywhere from 400 to 1,000 milligrams. There's a number of different types out there. Uh, magnesium oxide is well known for causing loose stools, as is magnesium citrate. So probably my favorite out there is magnesium glycinate. I think it's absorbed a little better. If there's brain issues, there's one called magnesium threonate. That is also a good one. Dosing, I would base on your RBC mag levels, but in general, anywhere between 400 and 1,000 milligrams a day is pretty adequate for most athletes. We should mention too, magnesium comes in food sources too. Your top food source is coming up in, a, uh, in October. 
pumpkin seeds have the most magnesium per food out there, but all your seeds and nuts have them, your, your green vegetables have them, whatnot, and there's plenty of lists on the internet to tell you uh, great sources of magnesium that come from food, because that's obviously our first choice, but because of the allostatic load, particularly in athletes, I think a magnesium supplement is an absolute must. The next one I may encourage is L-glutamine. L-glutamine is what we call a non-essential amino acid if you're in the strict scientific world. If you're in the clinical world, we call it a semi-essential amino acid because it becomes essential if you're active, if you're an athlete. What we mean by essential versus non-essential, if you're an essential amino acid, your body can't make on its own. You have to take it from inside or from outside to the inside. If it's a non-essential amino acid, your body can make it from other amino acids. And then a semi-essential amino acid is an amino acid that is needed in greater quantities in certain populations like athletes. So um, L-glutamine fits in that role. It's the most abundant amino acid mass, uh, excuse me, it's the most abundant amino acid in your system and your body. And it's so important during performance because it helps heal. It helps optimize gut health. It optimizes your immune system. It helps with the cortisol drive. Uh, it just is all around one of your best supplements out there. It's ideal for metabolically stressed individuals. It just is a wonderful supplement. Uh, it's also uh, provides energy and tells the brain to quit tearing down the uh, skeletal muscle for sugar because your body can take L-glutamine and make sugar out of it through a process called gluconeogenesis. So it just has so many roles in the body. It's huge. I cannot tell you enough about it. Dosages are anywhere between 5 and 15 grams up to three times a day. Uh, I prefer the powder form because that's a lot of the little pills if you do uh, pill form. But a, usually one scoop of most of the uh, L-glutamine supplements I've seen out there is roughly five grams. So putting that in a glass of water, drinking on a, as empty a stomach as you can get up to three times a day, you will see all the benefits of that amazing semi-essential amino acid. The next thing I want to talk about is just balance in our overall health and well-being. It is so important to understand how all these interplays of these allostatic load, all those metabolic activation pathways come in and affect you and change the way your body is able to heal and repair. The recovery method meets you where you're at. So rather than me saying, kid, quit exercising so much, Mr. Pro Athlete, you got to quit working out 12 hours a day. No, the recovery method is, okay, you're going to do that. Let's help your body recover from it. Let's optimize your health and your condition with these things. Some things that I didn't cover in this presentation because we're going to do completely separate podcasts on them are, I mentioned my book, Better Than Steroids, at the beginning of this, the pre and post-workout meal. I thought about talking about right now, but I decided as I was doing this to hold off on that because I wanted to get into so much more information on those particular modalities for recovery uh, because I think it crosses over from athletics. Um, yes, every time you exercise, you should have a pre and post-workout meal, but I think it goes into big meetings or lawyers before they go into court or police officers before they hit the street. Those are all workouts. 
they all increase allostatic load. So a pre and post-workout meal can help optimize your body's ability to recover. So we will cover those in a completely different podcast. So until next time, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at doc at drwilly.com. That's D-O-C at D-R-W-I-L-L-E-Y.com. We will see you soon in the next Recover Me podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining Warren on the Recover Me podcast with Warren Willie, your guide to living a naturally healthier, happier life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever you find your best podcasts. To connect with Warren and the community, learn more about naturally healthy living, and claim a free resource to improve your health right away, visit drwilly.com. You'll find all of Dr. Willie's resources there, including best-selling books like Better Than Steroids, The Z Diet, What Does Your Doctor Look Like Naked, and his latest book, Obtainable. Enjoy the body and energy you've always wanted beyond diet and exercise. That's drwilly.com, D-R-W-I-L-L-E-Y.com. And until next time with Warren, get fit, be healthy, live life.